0: Welcome to the Truth Hurts program with Steve Z. Hello, and welcome to another edition of the Truth Hurts program with your host, Steve Z. It is Monday, the 24th day of January, 2022. The stock market has taken a crap, as I predicted it would eventually do, especially after gropey Joe Biden and his ancient Janet Yellen at the Treasury Department along with all of the other people who are participating in the debacle that is the Biden presidency, come to think they can make the economy better. What a bunch of idiots. And it is your 401k and mine that are taking a dive as far as values are concerned. Thanks, Gropy Joe. Let's see now. We have massive inflation, rising interest rates, empty shelves, falling stock markets, and the fresh possibility that your sons and grandsons and nephews, and possibly even daughters, granddaughters, and nieces might be going to war. That's right. The beginning of what could eventually become World War III has begun. Joe Biden's administration has leaked out some information stating that the military is preparing marching orders for thousands, if not tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of U.S. troops to go and be stationed over near the Ukraine. Now why is that such an issue, right? Well, Biden and his son Hunter made all their money out of the Ukraine that they can. And the Ukraine, well, there's a possibility there's some secrets there that Joe Biden and his friends and family don't want you to know about. So if we go over there, get into an armed incursion with Russia over the Ukraine, perhaps all of those secrets will get buried under tons and tons of rubble. And dead bodies, of course. Thank you, gropy Joe. You have managed to take what had become Making America Great Again and turned it into Flushing America Down the Toilet. Steve
1: and the Truth Program. Morning, plebes. As you know, I am your leader, Tony f fucci and I was the lead epidemiologist in the world, and I had been the head muckety-muck at the National Institutes of Teeny Tiny Viral Things for decades. And by the way, thank you for my decades of being paid just shy of a presidential salary. Your families in the inner circles of politics have been safe because you've continued to pay me enough not to infect them. You should be saying thank you to me, because your families are still uninfected. As you all know, I was instrumental in securing the funding for all of my friends in Wuhan, China, as we embarked on the grand scheme to develop germ warfare—biological warfare, actually— and we used taxpayer dollars to develop, manufacture, and even distribute new gain-of-function research based on coronavirus strains, just like you requested. Sure, everybody knows now that coronavirus could never be transmitted from animals to humans, but we made it happen. Now, thanks for really, really helping me out. And thanks especially to you very, very rich guys back there in the back of the room in the shadows for all of your financial contributions, as well as for giving me the idea to use viral strains to reduce Earth's population and doing what you requested. It's been an honor. Your billions of dollars of investments and kickbacks have helped me and my underlings to develop new and insidious viral strains, obtain U.S. and global patents, and then sit back and wait until you called on me to release those new discoveries. Who would have thought we'd be using these viral agents on our own people, right? It was all for a good cause, though. We got rid of Trump. We got rid of the conservative leaders from all of those nations who questioned our motives and showed their citizens that the conservative rationale was correct. How dare they, right? We showed them. We showed them the door. But I digress. Thanks to you allowing me to be the leader of the entire COVID world, we have not only gotten Donald Trump out of office, but we've accomplished a goal that presidents prior to Trump set out to achieve in a timeframe of less than three years as opposed to the original 15-year plan. Congratulations to me. You must admit, the whole follow the science and listen to Tony thing seemed far-fetched at the time. But I told you that, simply put, the American people are basically idiots in large numbers. And that by using your friends in the media, those few non-idiots could be shamed or guilted or silenced. By simply saying, the few dissenters out there are insane. And as I predicted, it worked. Thank you also for allowing me to control the stock markets, the money markets, and of course, thank you for allowing me to reap the financial windfalls of my silent control of those markets. Think about it. I say no mask. People dump stocks in mask manufacturers. Prices drop. I pick up all those stocks on the cheap. Then a week later, I say, wear a mask, wear a mask. Boom, the stock in mask manufacturers skyrockets. Then, as the prices start to drop and people start saying they've got enough of their masks, I tell them, wear two masks, (laughs) and they fall for it. I tell the people of the world that there's no chance we're going to get a vaccine anytime soon. Pharmaceutical stocks go in the toilet, so I buy them up on the cheap. Then I announce, oops, we're developing vaccines at a record pace. Boom. I bought all that stock on the cheap, and now my stock prices are going through the roof. I make even more money. Then I tell people, we're gonna shut down this industry and that industry. We're gonna stop this business and that business from operating. Their stocks go into the toilet. I buy up all the cheap stocks, and then a week later I say, oh, it's okay to open up those industries and those businesses again. Boom, stocks go through the roof. I make big profits. Then I say it's okay for this one to reopen, but not that one. No one can figure out what old fuchi's up to. Pharmaceutical company threatens me. I tell the world their vaccine sucks, and then they don't get approved. I show them. And of course, me and my buddies have patents on all the man-made coronavirus strains. And I have all the patents on the actual antivirus cures. Why would I release them? There's no money in that. Remember cancer? We've had the cure for that for decades, but we're making millions on treatments. Anyway, I said those cloth masks were okay. After I bought up stock and all of the makers of those cloth masks. Sales started to level off and decline. I said wear two masks and the sheeple did it. My stock doubled. Then I sold the stocks in preparation for my next plan. I bought stock in all the N95 mask-making plants, and I told everyone that those cloth masks this week, which I dumped all of my stocks on and made major profits, those cloth masks aren't as good as we thought. So guess what? You now must go out and get N95s, the ones that I bought stock in when it was low. Suddenly, N95 stock prices are going gangbusters. I win again. Just when things are getting better, I can order the release of yet another variant. My patents, right? More variants means more scare tactics. That makes me more money. And that boob in the White House falls for it time and time again. I actually have the cure for his mental declines, too, but I'm going to keep those in my pocket for a little longer. <laughs> this message brought to you by the Anthony Chief F Foundation. Steve safe and the Truth Hurts Program.
2: These days, we're all seeing more healthy fast food choices. It's a 2022 thing. We all trying to cut back on our carbon footprints, create less pollution, recycle when we can, and of course, we all trying to cut back on eating meat. Meat is evil. After all, you have to kill a cow, or a chicken, or a pig to get your meat. That's just bad. At Mickey D's, we've been listening to the woke chatter, and we come up with a new menu item that might just solve the world's three largest problems. Introducing McWoke. The new McWoke is here and it features non-food ingredients, so we won't anger the vegans and the vegetarians, and because we don't want to make the gardeners angry and the tree huggers angry, there's no cultivated plant material in here either. Made from 100% recycled waste products, the new Woke sandwich features a patty that comes from some recycled cardboard boxes and paper. Next, we pile on a heap in helping of yard clippings and serve it in a recyclable, edible paper plate, and you'll be eating like a woke American. And to wet your whistle, you can add a cup of our reclaimed filtered water from just south of the sewage station and get the McWoke Value meal. Only $14.99. Ba-da-ba-ba-
1: Subject to availability. Price and participation may vary. Steve Zee at the Truth Hearts Program.
0: If you watch the stock market at all, you know that today the stock market took a dive, as I predicted accurately on this program some time back, especially around the time that Joe Biden started wrecking the wonderful economy that had been brewing for three and a half years under Donald Trump. But today, the stock market opened with the Dow Jones Industrial Average diving over 1,000 points. It recovered by about 300 points, but right now, as of this broadcast at 1:30 p.m. Central Time. Stock market is still down about 670 points on the day for the Dow Jones Industrials. And what better time? 27 House members have signed a letter telling Nancy Pelosi that we need to bring stock trading bans for Congress people to the floor. A 27 member panel's letter says, we came to Congress to serve our country not to turn a quick buck that's right my friends 27 house members are calling on leadership nasty pelosi as well as kevin mccarthy to quote swiftly bring legislation to ban stock trading on the floor jared golden the letter says wants to make sure that we're pushing for legislative action and now suddenly after making millions if not billions Nancy Pelosi claims she is open to banning lawmakers and their spouses from trading stocks if that's what the members of the House of Representatives want to do. The letter was drafted by Democratic Representative Jared Golden of Maine calling for House leadership to swiftly bring forward legislation to ban members of Congress from owning or trading stocks. This glaring problem will not go away until it is fixed, and Congress should not delay when we have the power to fix it, read the letter, which was addressed both to Nancy Pelosi and Kevin McCarthy. Perhaps this means some of our colleagues will miss out on the lucrative investment opportunities, but we don't care. We came to Congress to serve our country, not to turn a quick buck. Two Republicans signed on, Brian Fitzpatrick of Pennsylvania, Matt Gates of Florida, 25 Democrats from progressives like Rashida Tlaib, To Susan Wilde, also signing was Tim Malinowski, a Democrat of New Jersey, who Insider revealed in March had violated the Federal Stop Trading on Congressional Knowledge Act by failing to disclose dozens of stock trades together worth at least $670,000. My friends, it's more than past time for this to happen. And I'm calling on the Republicans in the House of Representatives. And the Senate, for that matter, to swiftly act on this legislation and ban stock trading for lawmakers and also for the president, the vice president, and any cabinet member serving at the will of the president or the vice president. This includes, of course, in my opinion, people like Anthony Fufuchi, who many people know deeply has made millions of dollars by buying and selling stocks. When he controls the narrative on which companies can operate, which companies must shut down, which companies get approval for masks and vaccines and all these other things, because we are told he is the science and we should follow the science. I hope everyone jumps on board. Call your representative. I don't care if you're Democrat, Republican, independent. doesn't matter. Call your representative today and tell them you want this to happen right now, quick, fast, and in a hurry. And while you're at it, tell them you want term limits for those people as well. They'll laugh at you, but at least it's worth a shot. This is the Truth Hurts program. During the break, I got a phone call from one of my financial advisors. She manages some of my accounts and says, I'm calling to tell you please don't panic remember this is just a correction and in the long term looking at the 20 year running average totals this is just a small bump in the road please don't panic I almost pulled every single red cent out of the stock market last Tuesday when I saw the second day of declines on Wall Street but I didn't and I may come to regret that As I said earlier, U.S. stocks fell sharply, coming off the worst week since the beginning of the pandemic. The S&P 500 index fell into what they're calling correction territory. The Dow tumbled over a thousand points before coming back slightly. Markets have seen three consecutive weekly declines to kick off 2022. Joe Biden's first full year in office came to a close, and reality has slapped the markets in the face. Investors have been gripped by worry over inflation and the growing threat of inflation and the lousy economic recovery and the likelihood that the Federal Reserve will be aggressively raising interest rates to combat Joe Biden's piss-poor economic decisions. The sell-off has battered all sectors and heaped losses on high-risk and speculative areas of the market like cryptocurrencies as well. Now, all eyes are on the Fed and their upcoming meeting on the flurry of earnings receipts from Tesla, Apple, 3M, GE, Boeing, and others in the next few days. Wall Street is in what they call a white knuckle period. And that's not racist. Investors are desperate for good news, according to Dan Ives, the managing director of equity research at Wedbush Securities. He told the Washington Post in an email, It's been a nightmare 2022 thus far for investors. Right now, risk assets include tech stocks and Bitcoin, and they're all being sold globally with nowhere to hide. This has been the very worst week since March of 2020. Three major indexes fell sharply. The Dow Jones, just a little while ago, had plunged 755 points, just over 2%. The S&P 500 dropped 110 points, which is 2.5%, and the NASDAQ tech heavy has jumped into correction land sliding 2.7 percent 375 point drop in one day small cap Russell 2000 index fell almost one percentage point Tesla was down almost six percent Netflix down six and a half Nvidia the chip maker fell six percent Moderna declined 9.4 percent Oh Fauci must be going nuts Cryptocurrencies shed about $130 billion in fake value in a 24-hour window over the weekend. Bitcoin dropped to a multi-month low before reversing course early this afternoon to pull back above the $36,000 per coin point. Ethereum clawed back some losses and is currently hovering around $2,400. Those hoping for volatility to diminish in the coming days will likely be disappointed. Joe Biden has no clear direction but down for our nation, and that cannot bode well for stocks. Americans are wrestling with the highest inflation in 40 years. Prices are sharply higher in everything from groceries to furniture to gas to home appliances to building materials. A move to raise interest rates could ease the pain, but also limit economic activity, which often hits stocks, particularly flying companies very hard The spasm of panic on Wall Street is a reflection of investors now taking a more cautious outlook on any potential economic growth for the year and guess what I told you earlier there won't be any growth because inflation will wipe out any gains you might see to break even for January the S&P will now have to recover more than 9% before the end of next week this brutal start to 2022 is not necessarily a reliable predictor of a down year, but looking at who's sitting in the White House and the ancient Janet Yellen sitting at the Treasury Department, my money is definitely on the fact that we are in deep trouble. Oil markets weighed down heavily by the sell-off. West Texas Intermediate Crude, the U.S. oil benchmark, fell almost 3%. It's trading now at $82.76 a barrel, but is likely to go higher now that more and more people have realized the BS surrounding COVID and are actually starting to get out and drive around a little more. This is the Truth Hurts Program. Last week I told you how racist and unfair the whole notion of affirmative action was. You see, in our country, supposedly you cannot make any rule, any law, any requirement, any regulation based on race. But there's an asterisk on that. If it's affirmative action related, meaning it panders to a 13% double A hyphenated American minority, then racism is okay and sanctioned by the government. The Supreme Court will be hearing a pair of cases involving the use of race in admissions at Harvard and the University of North Carolina. This could be the end of affirmative action if the justices do the right thing. With the decision to take up these high bids brought by students who applied to the schools, members of the organization Students for Fair Admissions, the Supreme Court that now boasts an expanded conservative majority, will reconsider the issue of affirmative action at both public and private institutions. Now, it's unclear when the court will hear arguments in the legal fights, but the cases join other politically charged court battles, such as the one over baby killing, as well as your right to keep and bear arms under the Second Amendment. Those are other items that are currently under consideration by the nine justice panel. The challenges targeting university admission policies at public and private institutions are the latest that seek to end affirmative action, not only in college admissions, but around the United States workplaces as well. This affirmative action has been used at universities in the name of fostering diversity amongst student bodies. But what it really means is you're going to lower your standards to let certain ethnic minorities in and to hell with the other ethnic minorities, the Asians, who are scoring much, much higher on tests than even the white kids. Nine states have banned affirmative action at public universities, and that's the way it should be. You should be getting in just like you should be taking any job based on your ability, your experience, your education, and your merit not on the color of your skin. Now, you and I both know the composition of the U.S. Supreme Court has changed since it last weighed in on the use of race in university admissions. In a 2016 decision that involved the University of Texas, the majority opinion back then was written by Anthony Kennedy, and the high court found that the race-conscious admissions programs were, quote, lawful. Kennedy retired 2018. Ruth Buzzy Ginsburg, who joined Kennedy in the majority, died in 2020. Now the conservative majority has grown to 6.3 with the additions of Gorsuch, Kavanaugh, and Barrett. The first dispute stems from a lawsuit a group of students filed against Harvard in 2014 alleging that Harvard's admissions process violates Title VI of the Civil Rights Act by penalizing Asian American applicants. And it's true. Harvard says, well, we kinda can't let all you Asians in because you're too smart and you're gonna make the black kids look stupid. And you're gonna make the Hispanics look stupid. And you're gonna make the white kids not the envy of the world, or something to that effect. Students for Fair Admissions claim the Ivy League school intentionally discriminates against Asian American students during the admissions process by assigning them lower ratings than other races, which then limits the number of Asian Americans that it can admit. Students for Fair Admissions was founded by Edward Blum, who has mounted numerous challenges to race-conscious admissions policies and thoroughly and rightfully opposes affirmative action. Of course, Harvard, pandering to the always pandering to the left, has rejected the claim of intentional discrimination from students. It argues that race being considered in its admission processes is only in a flexible and non-mechanical way. Of course, That is a Harvard lie. So we'll have to wait for the Supreme Court to render a decision. In the meantime, expect even those Ivy League Harvard graduates to be dumbed down in general because they have to give bonus points for being a certain color and they don't take into consideration the actual educational merits of a student's portfolio of education. This is the Truth Hurts Program. Now, I want to give fair warning to those protesters who rallied in the nation's capital this weekend against those government imposed mandates for COVID vaccines, a sign that the challenges for public health officials who are looking for ways to try and trick, uh, persuade, uh, convince more Americans to get the shots are failing. Protesters marched along the National Mall and gathered in front of the Lincoln Memorial, even through the cold temperatures on Sunday. Some protests continued into today, and some are even planned through the rest of the week. Organizers said they would be protesting mandates, not vaccines. Since vaccines do not stop people from getting sick, why should we impose them as a requirement to keep your job or enjoy the freedom that you've always enjoyed, such as eating at a restaurant or going to a concert or attending a university or school? This according to Louisa Clary, an organizer. Vaccines and booster shots supposedly offer protection from Delta and Omicron, but according to the CDC's actual figures, those vaccines' effectiveness goes down considerably after just three months. So, are we supposed to get a booster every three months now in the hopes of getting 50 or maybe 60 percent f- efficacy? Come on, man. In one of the studies published on Friday, the CDC had an analysis that says a third dose of the vaccines from Pfizer or Moderna was 90 percent effective in preventing hospitalization during the Delta and Omicron periods. But beyond 30 days, there is no evidence. One of the speakers at Sunday's march was Robert F. Kennedy Jr., who criticized vaccines for years. Mr. Kennedy suggests people in the future won't be able to escape surveillance, citing so-called vaccine passports, and suggesting conditions could be worse than in Nazi Germany, because he said some people could escape the Nazis. But with Big Brother watching, not so much in these days. The Biden administration has proposed increasingly stricter measures to try and boost the vaccination rate as variants of the Wuhan China novel coronavirus continue to cause infections. Supposedly 210 million people in the U.S. are fully vaccinated, which is 63% of the population. Now, let me get this right. If two thirds are vaccinated, and two thirds are wearing masks, and the virus is still getting through to people and infecting people. How actually effective are the vaccines and the masks? Of course, it's gotten worse in America since Joe Biden took office. Donald Trump had the Wuhan China novel coronavirus a year before the end of his presidency. It was here, under his watch. 220,000 people died. Now the number is nearly 1 million under Joe Biden's watch. That means it has increased by at least 600,000 deaths. And that's after he put in the mask mandates and the two masks and the social distancing and the shuttering of the economy and vaccine, vaccine, booster, booster. What's gonna be next? Bathe in the RNA affecting vaccines every day? Wash your hair in the vaccines? Drink the vaccines? Come on, man. Two months since Omicron began its rapid widespread around the world, areas of the U.S. hit early by the variant spread are seeing relief, even without vaccinated people. They're getting it. It's not as bad. They're developing natural antibodies. Guess what? Fufufuchi and his friends don't believe in natural immunity. They don't believe in herd immunity. You can't make money if the population cures itself. You can only make money with your stocks in these pharmaceutical giants. If you convince people to take shot after shot after shot. Fucci Biden's chief medical advisor said on the Sunday news channels, most states could reach the peak of Omicron cases by mid February. And on the George Stepton in show, he said, even with Omicron boosting makes a major, major difference in protecting you from hospitalization and severe outcomes. News flash. Mia esposa has COVID. Mia esposa has had the Johnson and Johnson vaccine about a year ago. Mia esposa had very mild symptoms and Mia esposa is just about completely done with the Wuhan China novel coronavirus. My son had it, a very mild case, thank goodness, and recovered. He had the Moderna vaccine, I believe. My daughter got COVID, mild symptoms, fully recovered, never got vaccinated. I have got the one-dose Johnson & Johnson vaccine in me. I haven't been tested lately, and I'm pretty sure I probably had it last week. And I'm doing just fine. They've got to stop lying to the American people. This is the Truth Hurts Program. And for those of you who just can't get enough of Donald Trump, he's headed to Houston for the American Freedom Tour. That will be January the 29th. It's an event in Houston, Texas. For all of my Texas listeners and those able to travel to Texas, if you're interested in seeing the Orange Man, he will be attending that event on the 29th of January, alive and in person. Donald Trump Jr. will also be there with an event entitled, It's Time to Win Back America at the George R. Brown Convention Center from 8.15 a.m. till 5 in the evening. The event's push is an effort for conservatives to get motivated and defend freedom. Seven levels of ticket pricing include one that is called the inner circle closest to the stage. This will be the second time in the last two months that Donald Trump has had an event in Houston, Texas. He joined famous conservative talk show host Bill O'Reilly for an event at the Toyota Center back on December 18th. And I guess because of inclement weather and other factors, including COVID, they've decided to do another tour. This time, Donald Trump will be there, along with Donald Trump Jr. and several other conservative media personalities. Well, that's all the time we have for this edition of the Truth Hurts program. Go out there and make it a great day and have a good week, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening. Opinions expressed are protected free speech under the First Amendment to the United States Constitution. We apologize if you are offended, but we retract nothing. Background music by Jason Shaw and Audionautix.